the Rangers did it again. They've won yet another game against an opponent they lost to earlier in the season with their win on Wednesday night against the Capitals. And now the Avengers will take their best record in hockey to Florida to close out the 2023 calendar year. On this episode of the podcast, we discuss how important coaching has been and will continue to be for the Rangers to maintain a sense of consistency, why their last two games of the calendar year will be important, and we get a behind-the-scenes look into the 2012 Winter Classic with Brian Boyle. Yeah, there's some real good conversation there that you're not going to want to miss out on. All that and much, much more on this episode of the Up in the Blue Seats podcast from the New York Post, and it starts right now. To Miller, score! Trocek, now Panarin, scores! Chuck by Miller, he scores! Second goal of the game for Keandre Miller! They set up, score! Alexei Lafreniere! The Rangers will have the most wins in the National Hockey League, 24. It's a win for the New York Rangers! Welcome back to the Up in the Blue Seats podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Hartz. We are, as always, joined by Molly Walker, Larry Brooks, and Brian Boyle. We're going to hit right into this here. There's not much time left. The New Year is on the horizon. And the Rangers, or, you know, as I'm calling them now, the Avengers, are back at it again. They took down the Capitals last night, 5-1, to one, in another revenge game. This is The Rangers are making a, a point to avenge for their losses uh, as they come see fit. Uh, big game from Keandre Miller. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Igor Shesterkin, he's now on another 4-0 run here, looking great again. Uh, Michael Pecco, is he on the move? So we're going to just jump in here. So um, let's uh, let's go here. So again, Rangers beat the Capitals after losing to them a couple weeks. It's a nice win, I feel like, especially coming off a Christmas break where you a little bit of a lull. You have some family stuff going on. I think you saw that in the first period, uh, but they came back strong. They look good in the second. Uh, Brian, you were talking to us uh, saying how uh, you're going on the MSG network and you didn't really have much to talk about. Well, the Rangers kind of helped you there in that second, huh? Yeah, it was. That was my second game on TV. And the first one was a both teams had played and it was a back to back and they both traveled. I mean, slug slug fest, but mm-hmm. I, I anticipated that this is what happens. You forget how to play hockey. It feels like you've never played before, even when you just take three days off. It's very uncomfortable. Your feet kind of hurt, you a little gravy in the boots. It's just, you know, you try to have a low event game because you don't want to get your doors blown off, but it, it really is a, uh, you know, if you're at home, you should win that game. And, you know, it was boring a little bit in the first and then. It was a lot of fun the rest of the way. Brian needed well, some emotional should, you support. Played, <laughs> you should have played back when they played afternoon games on the 26th. <laughs> you know, they had the break on the 24th and 25th. And the schedule. Be, I honestly think it'd be better. Sixth, and often the Rangers would play the Devils on, oh. on the afternoon of the 26th. And it was, it was an interesting game every year. Yeah, I think you'd have to get in a few scraps just to get the blood pumping a little bit. <laughs> But the three days, I love it as a player. I love it. And it's not, it's one day where you're kind of uncomfortable. And then, you know, I think it does, it does a world of good for the next, you know, couple of weeks. 
and it definitely did them a world of good to get that victory. They are, of course, still in first place in the Metro, still in first place in the East, and they uh, they are top of the league. They are tied with the Canucks at 49 points. One of the things that's just amazing to me is their home and road splits. 12-4-0 at home, 12-4-1 on the road. The mark of a good team in my mind is being able to play consistency. And I think that that's one of the things that was talked about uh, post-game, especially by Keandre Miller, how the Rangers, they're trying to elevate and get to that higher next step. How can the Rangers, I guess, be more consistent where, you know, you think about the losses where um, they'll have a really bad loss where they don't show up um, and then they'll be fine the next day. Um, is that something that's easy to work on, Brian, or or how, how is the team able to you know fix that consistency measure? I guess maybe if you have like a B game, right, when you know that because during the season, different teams have different uh, travel schedules, right? They have some are coming off long road trips. Some have gone through time zone changes. It's not always equal like it is in the playoffs where the travel is the same. You're going back. Everybody's you know doing the same thing. So that can affect a team. And if you are typically it's a veteran team, if you're you've been around, you know what you're doing when you don't have your A game to sort of, I don't know, keep it close or, you know, limit mistakes, try to grind it out, so to speak. That's that's the mark of a team that is in the business of winning. And that's a maturity. I think that's younger teams just want to get their bowls, want to get their points, want to get their stats, younger players. So when you have that maturity level where it's like, hey, we're here to win and there's no excuses. We've played this is our third and four nights. We've traveled, whatever it is. You find that kind of that B game. You use different guys. The coach is smart enough to use the whole bench. And it happens. Having said that, like you get blown out. The best teams get blown out. It happens. Coming back and like you said, avenging that, like they didn't like how they played in Washington. You heard all the noise. They were in first yeah. place still. And it was like, what's wrong with Igor? What's wrong with this yeah. guy? What's wrong with that guy? And they've answered those to this point. Now we'll see what they do next game. This is a tough challenge going down to Florida and playing a couple games. So, you know, you'll see. And again, throughout the whole season, there's all this opportunities to learn about your team, get better. They're all dress rehearsals for the big picture, which is the playoffs. That's been the most impressive thing to me is the way that they've come back against these teams that they've gotten blown out by in the first meeting. It's the identifying and correcting the mistakes that they made against said team and just being able to apply it to the game plan going forward. And in talking to some of the guys in the room, that's coming from the top down. That is a coaching staff emphasis is is what I've gathered. And I think that's, I mean, even the fact that the players are pointing at the coaching staff as as the spearheaders of of that sort of initiative, I think is such a such an impressive trait for this Rangers team, and and it just shows that they're being very well coached at the moment. And I think and that's a, yeah yeah it's a it's a buy in, and I definitely think that it's not just that they've come back and beaten these teams. They've come back and and blown them out themselves, you know, on a, on a few occasions. So it's just a it's really encouraging to see a team be able to identify the mistakes that they made and correct it moving forward. I think what's impressive about them also is that they're able to find their they're, they're able to find their game as games go on. You know, the other night against Buffalo wasn't wasn't particularly great game. Following the uh, Edmonton game, that wasn't a great game, and but they they stuck with it and they they were able to find a way to win. And last night, first period, low energy game, not much going on, and they took control of the game in the second period. So 
this is a team that that's that's you know and and i've said this you know from the start actually that these guys talked the talk last may they wanted it they wanted to be coached and there was a lot of skepticism over the summer about well we'll see about that and um they are now walking the walk because they are being coached and they're receptive to it and and uh they they go about their business with with one purpose i think and and that is to win and that is to get better every day they're trying you know that's that's one thing they're they're imperfect but they try they do um and, and that's something i think that um is very admirable about this group well that's a perfect transition for one of the things that i did want to bring up is michael pekka larry you wrote a post sports plus article which highly recommend if you're not a post sports plus member sign on and uh, definitely worth the read, especially this one. Michael Pekka has done a phenomenal job with this Ranger team. You know, he, he supervises the power play and faceoffs, and look where they rank in the league in those two areas alone. It's nice to see that these Ranger players are giving it back to their coaches. Uh, but is Michael Pekka someone that you can envision being picked off by another NHL team um, in the relatively short future? Oh, I'm 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 sure he's going to be um, he's going to be a hot assistant. He's going to be at the top of the list of of a number of teams next summer. I'm sure, and Buffalo certainly makes the most sense, right? Mm -hmm. Captain of the Sabers, he was an assistant coach in their organization the last couple of years. They may be headed for a 13th straight year out of the playoffs. I know you know Don Granado's a very popular guy. He's a good coach, but I'm not sure he's he would be able to survive an, another playoff miss. So. You know, it's it's the uh, you know the hot assistants are always at the top of the of, of the list, and I think Pekka will be one. Now, he may think that he might need more experience that he hasn't run a team on his own yet, except for junior teams, and and mm. he might want another year behind the New York bench, but he might not either. <laughs> so, um, I, th I think you know, I, I think we have to be aware of, of the fact that the Rangers have a pretty good thing going with their staff, mm. but as they are successful, they're going to be picked off too. It's it's it, you know we we we've talked about this, and and Molly and I have written about this from the summer. What an interesting staff. Yeah. They put it together. It, it's you know, it's, it's an eclectic staff. It's a you know, the Hall of Famers. Yeah, it's just it. unique. It's a unique past, blend. Past head coach in in Housley, obviously Hall of Fame defenseman in Housley, Dan Muse, who, who people just you know, yeah, in the background because he, he lives yeah. at the rink, Larry. Yeah, and, and rink rat. <laughs> right, and it's so just, just they. <laughs> Very, you know, it's a it's a really interesting staff. They you know the, these coaches have gotten I think the most out of these. Well, the players are receptive. They just they are they're receptive to being coached. I've never heard a voices coach Harry as boomingly as Dan Muses does across the rink. I had him in Nashville too. He, I'm like, go home, Dan. You gotta go home. <laughs> he wears it too. He wears it. Yeah. He, he really and and speaking with a couple of the players, they. They really, they love, they love what's going on. They love being coached like this. They, they've all bought in. Yeah. He's the one that uh, keeps score. You know, they do their competitions every single practice, every single morning skate. And he's the scorekeeper. I found that out, which I think is funny. You know what's really interesting to me about this staff too is, is, is that I don't know that, that it would have worked if this staff had immediately followed David Quinn. Because they needed a buffer. They they needed you yeah. know, it's just so interesting the way organizations and, and teams shift dynamics from one coach to another. It's you know, it's it's 
you know, it's John Tortorella to Elaine Vigneault. Um, it's Vigneault to David Quinn. It's Quinn to Gallant. It's Gallant to Laviolette. So they, they, you know, they go from Stern to yeah. <laughs> they, I mean, there are a lot of extremes. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking about a lot of extremes here. Yeah, a lot of different ends of the spectrum is what I feel. So, so really, I mean, Brian, you were you were in the middle of it in the in the Tortorella to to Vino exchange. Um, so what what was? And I remember thinking that these guys. I mean, when you got off to such a bad start in the thirteen fourteen, I was. I remember thinking these guys can't handle the freedom. <laughs> you know what? It's he was more demanding, I think, than people realize. He was very steadfast in his rules. He didn't have a lot, and he let us manage the room. But right. this is how you play. And if you did it wrong, he didn't yell at you. He's just like, this is how we have to do it. He was very like not gonna berate you or not gonna sort of I don't know embarrass is the right word because sometimes I I liked how you had to get embarrassed, get uncomfortable. For me, anyway, it made me play better. But he was just, no, no, this is how we do it. This is how we do it. And then if you didn't do it, you wouldn't play. So minus some, but during the game, he screamed the whole time in a very high-pitched sound that you could not mistake. So I'm like, is this guy going to stop yelling? Um, but very smart coach, just different tactics. And Torch was a very smart coach, much different, much different tactics. And I remember Glenn came into the room once. And talk to us about the coach. We weren't particularly doing great. This was under torts. And our expectations were a little bit higher. And he's like, just fire the last guy because he was too nice. So we got, you want me to fire this guy because he's too mean? What do you guys want? <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe we should play better. Yeah. And, that was, and that was kind of the, uh, we all looked at each other like, all right, you know, we're kind of, we should play yeah. better. Yeah. But it, it's interesting. Like, But AV, I thought was, maybe it was just, you needed to impress your coach and it was, it wasn't easy to impress him. So you just had to do everything you could. And it was, it was, he was still pretty demanding. His practices were very hard. We skated a lot. Not the so, last, not the last couple of years. Really? He had this drill. We go on the line and he would just yell out. He'd stand at a certain point in the rink, would be closer inside the blue line, outside the blue line, far, but whatever he was, wherever he was standing, we'd have to go and skate to him and back. So he'd be like left wings. And I was playing left. I was playing center. I'm like, I'm not doing both. What, what 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 position am I? What box do I fit in? <laughs> and so the wingers were like, you know, it was it was it was Kreider, Haglin, and yeah, you know, someone else you. really fast. I'm like, can, Eating I go with the, dust. can I go with the Derek Stepan, Brad Richards, and, and can I go with the centers, please? Yeah. Oh, but we just have to go back and forth for like 20 minutes. We'd be going stops and starts like twice a week. I'm like, man, this guy doesn't scream at us, but this is not fun. <laughs> no, the, we the had last, that demanding the, guy. The, certainly, the last year and and even the last couple of years that the you know the team practiced a lot less. The practices were a lot less intense, and and that actually was one of the things when they were looking for the coach to replace him. They were looking for a guy who was going to practice the team hard, um, and that was David Quinn. Who, who believed in practice, no, you know, no doubt about that. That was, he said, I, I can't, you know, when, when the occasional day when they had to give them the off day, you know, he would, he would <laughs> shake at it. I, I can't believe that we can't skate today. <laughs> Go play 82 games then, David. 
is in college anymore. No, well, it, it's it, it's interesting, you know, how this team has bought in and it's worked, you know, as apparent by the standings um, and the record. And you're only as good as your record says you are. Uh, quickly close things out before we uh, head on to our Winter Classic talk, our 2012 Winter Classic talk. Yeah, it's some good stuff there. Uh, let's take a quick look at what's left in the calendar here. We've got the Panthers coming up with, um, you know, someone who Larry has his eye on for a potential trade target in Matthew Kachuk. Um, how important, I mean, the Rangers in the past ca- uh, calendar, calendar year are 52, 18, and 8. You know, things didn't end well in the playoffs last year. But it has been from a winning side of things. It's been a successful year. Uh, you want to see the Rangers close things out hard in Florida here. Um, you know, I guess, what are you looking to see from this Ranger team when they go face the Panthers? Could be someone they face in the playoffs coming up. Well, I'm I'm really interested in these two games. I think these are, are fascinating games, challenges for them. And I'm looking to see how they're going to handle Florida's physicality. Uh, you know, because I, I think that's the I, I think that's a weakness in the Ranger team. I like they play hard, but I, I know it's not necessarily the size of the dog in the fight. Sometimes it is. I think the the Florida mentality is an interesting one. They're they're an aggressive physical team. And I'm interested to see how the Rangers respond to that. And then I, I look at Tampa and I just look at Tampa and, the, you know, it's a, it's a championship organization, back to back games. It's, you know, it will be interesting for them. Do you like a challenge to close things out, Brian, like that? It's yeah. We'll see with Truba too. Cause yep. like Larry said, and if he's not, if he's not able to go, yeah, that's Florida will come. I mean, that was, that was Winnipeg's team with Paul Maurice and Winnipeg. They were no easy games against them. And then, yeah, Tampa Kucherov is on a different planet right now. I keep saying he's underrated still because he is. They can play really poorly, and he can have four points, and they can win a game, and they get the goalie. So if he's, if he's hot, we'll see who plays. I don't know if they play the night before. I haven't seen Tampa's schedule, but that's going to be a challenge for them going down there and playing a couple of games against two pretty good teams who can be very, very good when they're on their game. So this is... This is exciting to close out the year. Tampa does not play the day before, so only the Rangers on the second night of a back-to-back. They're waiting for them. Yep. <laughs> Which always, yep. always worries me a little bit. Well, uh, Brian, we've got you here. We're going to talk about the 2012 Winter Classic. Larry, were, were you at the Winter Classic in 2012 for the Rangers Flyers? I was at the Winter Classic. You were. Oh, yeah. Do you have, do you have a... Uh, <laughs> Any memories from that classic game? Other than the coach implying that the uh, league and the uh, and the television networks combined to fix the game. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> with the ref from I, Philly. No, I do remember. I actually, first of all, I I do I I love the outdoor games. I do. I think they're great spectacles. I think that's. I think the league does it great. I, honestly, and and um, I went to the the first one in two thousand three in Edmonton that the Oilers put on the the Montreal um Edmonton game where where the where the highlight was the alumni game because every one of those Hall of Famers came back and played in the game. And I I think I've talked about this before. If not, we can do this another time, but how the Rangers allowed Mark Messier, who was an active player, to play in the alumni game. <laughs> 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 but anyway, um I I love it. I do. I love it. I love the outdoor games. So uh but what I remember about 2012 down in Philly was how the refs just stopped calling penalties against the Flyers at the end. I mean, it really was a little fishy. <laughs> and then, and, and then the, the you know the penalty shot was was really kind of bogus too. They knocked the net off. I think Voracek knocked the net off. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and then they called McDonough for 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 putting his hand on the button. Mm-hmm. But then they said, no, no, he knocked the net off. That's what oh, that's yeah. what we were told during the game. Oh, okay. So yeah, you know, but but it was I I you know I I have a great time. I you know um, I remember too. Uh, you know, Mike Rupp scored right, and he does the Yager salute. So in the locker room after the game, I walked right up to him and I said, "Well, you know, what was that about?" And he said, "Well, I'm not answering that question." So <laughs> it's kind of like so. Of course, he became a media person. You know, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's he's, he's explained it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, no, I, I I thought it was uh, it was a terrific game. It was um, you know it was it was it was just a great experience. I I, I do I th- I think the outdoor games are, are are great fun and maybe they don't translate nationally, but they always translate locally. Always. It's it's a fun experience. I love that game. And uh, we're going to do some more talking about it with Brian Boyle coming up next and up in the blue seats. It was huge. don't think I've been really playing my best hockey and coming out of the break, um, doing a little bit more. And uh, luckily the puck found me tonight and I uh, was able to get boys. Back on the Up in the Blue Seats podcast. And look, there's a couple things that I thought of when we brought Brian Boyle on to be, you know, what one of the hosts of the podcast here. And one of the conversations that I couldn't wait to personally have was about the 2012 Winter Classic. Honestly, one of my favorite games um, in recent Ranger history, especially, you know, with my uh, fandom, you know, me being 33 years old. This this is a game that really stands out on a multitude of levels. Uh, But Brian, because you got to play in it, I, I personally have a lot of questions, a lot of comments, and I can't wait to hear from you. So just to give a quick recap of the game, obviously the Rangers won 3-2, uh, to two, the infamous Hank uh, shootout, penalty shot that he stopped uh, with 19 seconds left. A whole lot led up to this game, including the 24-7 series, which there is still an episode there. They're tough to find, but there's an episode on YouTube, the first episode. And uh, Brian, you're a feature star in that episode. But uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But um, to to kind of start off here, uh, you, you know, it's amazing that it's now 12 years ago, that Winter Classic, which, you know, does it feel like it's been 12 years since playing in that game? No, stop. Stop it. (laughs) <laughs> Please stop it. It does not. Uh, but again, again, it does because they look back at there's pictures that get sent to me and social media and stuff. There's lots of different, you know, memories and people talk about it all the time. And I just try to picture my life then and now and it's it's world's difference. It's a, <laughs> it's a lot. A lot's happened in a dozen years. Uh, but no, it was it was like leading up to that. I started realizing playing for the Rangers and what that really meant. Obviously, it's an original six, but just the the media attention and, and all of the just the noise around it that you can look at it a number of different ways. And I always looked at it like an opportunity, like this is something that people follow. It's on national TV. We play the most national games. We're especially if we're successful, there's going to be a lot printed about us. And then when we got 24 seven, I was shocked that we said yes. as an <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe it. I, I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. So there was a little bit of nerves leading into that and they started pretty pretty early in the season getting footage and but that was really when you realize the opportunity and you know how lucky we were to play for the rangers because you just got that attention and and realizing what new york is as as a whole like the city and that franchise you just you can't take it for granted and, and looking back i i still i'm thankful that i tried to soak as much of it in as i could without getting overwhelmed or or 
you know, losing my focus playing because I would have got shipped out a lot quicker than I did. <laughs> I kind of want to go back to uh, the fact that the Rangers agreed to do to do that. I I'm right there with you. I'm I'm stunned at that. Just knowing the organization and working with it and how they operate. I'm, I'm wondering what sort of message or or what was you know did they tell you guys anything just to behave yourselves or, you know, things like that, knowing that, that uh, people were going to get more of an inside look into the organization. I feel like that's their worst nightmare. (laughs) There were meetings, meetings, plural. And, and like, you're, you know, you're involved Molly now, obviously, and you, you understand how tight they keep it, which I think if I, you know, if I was still playing or if I was a coach or if I was a manager, I would, probably do it the same unfortunately Mm -hmm. you know that's not ideal for the fans but you're in the business of winning so i understand why maybe there was pressure from the league maybe there was you know hey philly's a pretty storied franchise as well i know they're not original six but they're in that original 12 that really made the league take off look we're both going to do it you're going to have final cut and they they just i i don't i was shocked but i was excited (laughs) we all were really really excited about the prospect of being on hbo because at that point we all watched the hard knocks we all watched the nfl stuff because we thought it was just so awesome and we were pro athletes you know in the same we just played a different sports but we were just like we were so enthralled with how they they did training camp how they brought guys in how they had check-ins with guys how how they cut guys even that Mm. was you know that was tough to watch because either we had been there or we all knew we were going to be there at some point. And it was, it was just entertainment off the charts for us. So we're like, we get, we get to be that. And we're like, well, we're not on the wrong side of it. <laughs> did you guys have a big, game. yeah, no, I'm sure. Did you guys have a big viewing party or did you watch it separately <laughs> or at all? We never watched it all no. together, <laughs> um, but we did the certain clips that live on in, in infamy for me and Andrew, <laughs> you'll get into it a little, but like those are filmed. And then like, a couple of weeks go by in, in, in a two day span in the, in the league, especially playing on that team and for tours, there's so many different storylines and you, you forget and remember different things and you have to kind of put it past you good, bad or ugly. Mm. So then when it comes out, you're like, Oh my gosh, what, <laughs> what did they edit out? What did they keep in? Oh no, oh no. And I'm like at home watching it. And I think it was uh, right around Christmas time when, I might've been home watching it for Christmas or my dad was watching it and I was watching it back here. And I, I just, it was like, it was hilarious. We'll get into it more, but that was hilarious. How it all kind of, cause it came out delayed. Right. And, and, and that's always interesting with those kind of things where it's like, how long of the time do you have to like rewatch and, and have to take it all back in again, especially if something bad, like for instance, like I mentioned that first episode it's on YouTube um, and they're tough to find, but the first one, it's, it's a good watch cause it brought me back. And there's a lot of players on that team uh, that Ranger team who I was like, man, MDZ, you see step, you see um, Anisimov who, who, took a, who took a bad penalty, who cut, I mean, again, that, that was a whole nother story for that thing, that, uh, that episode, but, but you, you were in the spotlight a, a, a few times in, in that first episode, people got to know who Brian Boyle was that you um, he, again, brings back memories of torts, man. He reamed you out after you made a bad play that led to a goal uh, against the Maple Leafs. Do you remember that play specifically exactly what happened there? Cause he let you have it on the bench. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that was like, a, it's be, that it's was become like a, a theme here. Yeah, that was like a four out of 10. That was a four. See, and that's, that's like just watching that show now, watching it back. Cause remember like torts was your manager then, but you guys are going up against coach, 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 coach was, <laughs> he was your head coach, but you're going up against lives. Right. And 
to see the compare and contrast against you because you get the flyer size as well too um yeah. it's it's hilarious but then also you were featured that you went out to um i guess you guys had a charity event with the garden of dreams where you went to meet the rockettes and you went to radio city with hank and everything like that how much of the behind the scenes stuff did you appreciate getting put on camera compared to um you know being more private rather not seeing that kind of stuff for fans it, it was really special for me and i'll take the I'll take the Remy because, you know, he was right. We did. <laughs> so in the episode, there's we're playing Toronto, and Toronto would do this pull-up play. They'd cross the blue line, and the puck carrier would pull up near or just inside the blue line. And that player was designated for the defenseman to stay on, right? The defenseman would gap up. And then the forward, who was back-checking, would kind of sink into the middle in the slot and take on the rush wherever it was coming from. Now, I personally didn't like that because mm-hmm. – what if I went too far? Then you're giving a guy 20 feet to shoot. I thought if I go to him, the D can really circle back. And then F2 and F3 can catch up to the rush and at least our D are where they're supposed to be. So it never made sense to me. And I, you know, I couldn't get it out of my head. So I went at the puck carrier. He sauces one through and I think they hit the mm. post. It was, it was Kessel. Kessel loves to pull up. Kessel loves to pull up. Anyways, mm. he draws two guys in and makes the play. So not trying to argue with the coach. I just, you know, you got to play the system no matter what. So I went and started creeping towards Kessel and I'm like, Oh no. And then I was in the spot where I'm like, I have to just keep going. Hopefully I get the puck. And I did not get the puck. <laughs> the puck went right to the slot and just a glorious chance against neither Hank bailed me out or he hit the post. And right when it happened, I was like, that's not good. <laughs> it is not good. And the old two, two car is going to get a, going to get a yelling at anyways, we, for the game, we had the mic on and I just know, before the <laughs> he's like he's got the mic on again like i'm requesting it and i'm not so he comes in and listen he's got the whole rest of the period to cool off that's why i said he was a four out of ten yeah thank god he's screaming at me on the bench if you saw him on the bench it would have been worse and i'm like eh, okay and i come in he's like you got that bleeping mic on you can't even think straight we've gone over this a hundred times and i'm like and, and i'm yeah He's right. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I coach, taking yeah, it. I coach yeah. kids now too, and I'm like, I'm not going to argue with him. Mm. Not, now's not the time. And he was, <laughs> he was 100 right. And then I, I just a couple weeks go by. My dad watches it, and he's like, "Why would you go there?" I'm like, <laughs> I explained it to him how I just explained it to you, and he's like, "Well, did you tell him that?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." I just piped up in the meeting and said, "You're wrong." Yeah, you're I, wrong. Really, yeah. No, I didn't, Dad. <laughs> Anyways, he's laughing. I'm laughing. We're doing like the. We're doing the skate around at the practice the day after it airs. This is a you know a couple of weeks later, and I'm like, "Hey, Torts." He's like, "What?" I'm like, did you watch the episode? He goes, "What episode?" I'm like, "You know what I'm talking about." Come on. He goes, "Yeah, yeah." I go, "My dad, I think, is still laughing at you reaming me out," and he starts laughing and he like slashes me on the foot and skates away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we got and that was like, you know, we're good. Yeah, we're good here. Uh, <laughs> The Garden of Dreams thing was cool that they they took that around and and we got to take kids who net like they lived a couple miles from Manhattan maybe even less and they're looking we're in a limo we picked up I think five or six kids and it was me Delzado Stepan and and Hank mm. and we're all in this limo and we're giving them popcorn and they're like but so we get into the city and they're like they're like looking out the window yeah in awe yeah and I'm like what are you looking at they're like I've never been to the city oh. Aww. And I'm like, you can see the city. And they're like, yeah, I've never been. None of them had ever been to New York, like downtown Manhattan. Mm. Yeah. So we got to go to Radio City. We saw the Christmas Spectacular. I'm crushing popcorn with my <laughs> like 3D shades on. 
I'm, I'm like one of these kids, right? Cause yeah. I'm, I've never done this either. This is amazing. <laughs> and we had a blast. We, we met the Rockettes. They were like, these kids were just having the time of their lives. And I was too. It was so awesome. And then they all came up and filmed Christmas at my, we all went to my sister's for Christmas and they wow. filmed that. And people were like, dude, what? I remember Ed Jovanovsky, we were warm up. He goes, how many people are in your family? <laughs> and I go, I don't know. Ask me next week. There might be more. Yeah. <laughs> and people were just like, that's ridiculous. And, and now there's like, there's gotta be like 20 more people in the family than there were 12 <laughs> years ago. But it's, uh, it was really cool that they got to put all that in and they did a lot of different things on both, both families. I know they went to Danny Breer's house. It was, and we, I watched that too. Cause I was like, what, what, what makes them tick? Mm-hmm. And I, I loved how they got really pretty, you know, in depth and to a, to a certain point with keeping, you know, certain levels of privacy. I was actually curious how much like you guys watched that from maybe even like a competitive advantage. Cause I mean, early on Claude Giroux, he was down with a, um, a concussion and whatnot. Um, and just to see like, if, if you guys are picking stuff apart, um, just cause we're running a little short on time here. I do want to quickly get to the actual game itself. Do you have a specific memory from that classic? Obviously, I mean, it started two hours late because of a weather uh, yeah. delay. Uh, I remember. Yeah. Rupper with the Yager salute. Um, Hank with the penalty shot. Um, you know, what is, is there one thing that stands out to you from that that game? Well, Rupper was awesome. Um, that that's a long story, but I think he might have told it. But anyways, my mom was there. They had beer poured on her the night oh. before. We all got together, and so many Rangers fans were in this family room that were connected to the team somehow. That what people would know, like high profile people, and we all were hanging out with them. My parents got a kick out of that. What the Rangers did for our families was unbelievable. The flyover, mm. the fighter jets was like goosebumps. It was hard to play, honestly, because it was unlike anything I'd ever done. And, and yeah. then so you play and it's like a game seven. It really is yeah. like a game seven because it's like there's no game tomorrow. There's no series here. Even though it's a regular season game, it's there's more to it. The ice wasn't great. The you know, the surrounding fans that weren't right on you actually made it different because like usually I can, ha- I can sense the fans making noise and it, it, they were just far away. So it's actually hard to play. I remember we switched lines like seven different times <laughs> and, you know, I thought after the game, I played like 24 minutes. I played like, I don't know, 14. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> it was just a lot emotionally, like took a ton out of you and winning yeah. that game, the penalty shot call was atrocious. Yes. It wasn't mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't have been a call, but you know, winning that game, we just and then towards like we're not shaking hands. It's the middle of the season, so we just got off the ice. <laughs> oh, we all were like, "What a great game! <laughs> that was so much fun." Let's do it again. You're getting me really excited for the stadium series. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. That's going to be so much fun. It's got to be a fun atmosphere playing, especially just it's it's weird that you kind of crank it up for you know a regular season game, and then you got to bring it all back back to playing in arenas. Well. We're going to close out the episode of Up the Blue Seats coming up next. Um, and it's, a, it's a lot of games. 800 more than I thought I was going to play uh, when I was a kid. Uh, something you only dream of. And that'll put a bow on episode 138 of the Up in the Blue Seats podcast, our Rangers podcast from the New York Post. Before we get out of here, we, as always, have to dish out some stars. Uh, let's go to you first, Molly. Who's star number one of the week? Will Cooley for his big boy fight against Eric Johnson. That was, you just, you just love to see that. That Talking was really, on. yeah, that was entertaining. He held his own. I actually was looking at it. Rangers haven't had a lot of rookies fight as much as as Will Cooley has. I believe the other two is Stu Bickle and McElrath. 
Pixie so cat. He's, he's in Shout some elite company. <laughs> what a guy. Sweet yeah. Love yeah. <laughs> Throwback name right there, man. God, he's the man. Stu. <laughs> <laughs> We gotta get him on the podcast. That'd be fun. Uh, Brian, who's your number two star of the week? Uh, I'm going Keandre. I think his obviously his game two and one last night, but his quotes about how he self-assessed during the break, took the time, wasn't satisfied with how he was playing, and you know he had that couple of days off where he had to whatever he was going through, and then came up big, and he he really did. With an injury to Truba, he took over kind of a sleepy game and, and made it his own, put a stamp on it. That was impressive to see that he could self-assess like that, decide, okay, this isn't how it's going to be. I'm going to be the player I can be, and he did a great job. And my star for the week is going to go to Mika Zibanejad. 800 career games. I keep going back to the discussion we had earlier about how players take into account how many you know games players have played. Uh, 800 is just a remarkable mark. I think Mika said it in post game that it was more than he ever. It was 800 more than he ever expected yeah. to play, uh, which is which is an awesome thing to hear him say. Uh, 15 uh, 15 games out of the last 16 with points. Um, he's on fire, and he was the NHL second star of the week last week. So, and first time in his career to get that. So, congrats to Mika. First time, first time the Rangers got recognized this season by the NHL, yeah. which I just think is ridiculous. What? Not even. Yeah. yeah, not even Artemi's 15-game point streak got a nod from the league. It, it just <laughs> it's a little just bizarre. No respect. Hard? No respect. No, that's, that's what I said. When I saw that he got named the Star of the Week, I was like, that's the first time any Ranger has gotten such acknowledgement this can season. I, How kind can of I let them. you guys in on a secret? Ooh. Yeah. The players don't care. Of course they don't. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, you know what? I think I think fans don't care either, especially Ranger fans. I think more than happy. Just, you know, let's fly under the radar. Let us go and do our thing, get our win, and move on. Well, Maybe it's, it's a troll ridiculous. job. Maybe it's that, a troll job. I, that's though, what I people talking about it. Mm, I mean, it's genius. For how well they played, they were at the top of the league in a, in a myriad of categories. Mm. I don't know. I just thought it was a little bizarre that it took Mika posting three, <laughs> seven points in three games to get, to get a star of the week. Hugh Roddy Dangerfield, no respect. Well, no respect. None at all. Well, uh, thanks, guys. Appreciate it, as always. Uh, we're going to thank Jake Brown for producing the show. Catch up on all episodes of the podcast by subscribing to Oven Blue Seats on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, hope you're watching us right now on the New York Post Sports YouTube page. Give us a thumbs up and a comment below. Uh, what's your Rangers New Year's resolutions? Uh, do you guys have any uh, New Year's resolutions you want to share on the show right now? I can share one with you, and, and I think both of you will appreciate it. I, I swear to never say coach or manager instead of coach until baseball season starts. That's my resolution. Say, don't make promises you can't keep. <laughs> I'll keep a jar right over here, and I'll There's just, just no way that you won't get through January, Andrew. Whoa, challenge accepted. <laughs> that, was, that was a threat. <laughs> Everyone else here, you can make your resolutions below. We'd love to hear them. We may even read them on the air, so drop some good ones. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. Uh, that's at Molly Walker. That's two E's, two R's. Briar Biles 22 and myself, Andrew Hartz, without the E. For Brian Boyle, Larry Brooks, Molly Walker, I'm Andrew Hartz. Thanks for listening and watching to Up the Blue Seats all season long. We'll be back next year. Sorry, I have to make that. that uh, hope you all, I know, yeah. Hope you all have a good new year. Celebrate safely. Be good. And we'll see you when the puck drops in 2024. Later.